Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Hell. We are the perfect blend of saint sincerity and stupidity. How many RPMs would it take for the Julio Copter to actually fly away? And how many fumbles would happen as a result? <laughs> well, that's a trick question because you can only fumble once. If you're not having fun when your team is 11 and 2 and winning back to back division titles for the first time in 50 years, then you need to stop watching. And now, here's your host, Ralph Malbro. All right, everybody, welcome to a, another edition of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Andrew is in Florida, drunk out of his fucking mind. Dave, I think, is drunk in New Orleans, and I am drinking at home. But we. Before we get started, we are always sponsored by SeatGeek, guys. SeatGeek has the best app to get you the best tickets to shows, concerts, and sporting events that you want. They have a great app that surveys all the, the secondary market. Green deal, green light means it's a good deal. Yellow light means it's okay deal. Red light means it's a bad deal. Don't do it. Right now, use the code ACAA at SeatGeek after you download the app. You get $20 off your first purchase. That can be two beers. That can be... <coughs> nachos that could be a foam finger for your kid do it now seat geek twenty dollars off use the code acaa seat geek life's an event they have the tickets all right andrew you were on the beach in a in probably a frou-frou area of destin how drunk are you right now <laughs> well i went to uh Beau champs which is a seafood restaurant in destin and the first drink i got there was a kentucky mule which I figured would be like in those sweet like Moscow Mule glasses. Uh, Kentucky Mule is just ginger beer and bourbon, though. It's not with vodka. And uh, it was about 70. It was in a a uh, just like a silo cup, you know, like one of those like just general cups, like plastic cups. And it was 75% bourbon. So there I, you uh, go. I got off to a good start. But uh you know, I gotta say, like listening to the, listening to the intro, I just want to say, this has been bothering me for a while. You can fumble more than once in a play. It is technically possible. I feel yeah, like but, David but, is but Julio Jones can only fumble once, right? But you can only you can only fumble from you can only fumble once from a single hit. Well, like I, mean, I guess you could, he could you, scoop yeah, it. but you recover your fumble and then get hit and fumble again. I mean, I guess technically, yes, he could be. You could be Ken Stabler from the fucking late seventies, where you just fumble your way into the end zone, right? I guess technically anything is possible, but really you can't, right? Didn't the NFL like anything ban that is shit? possible? Didn't he just? Didn't the NFL like Kevin ban Garnett. that where you can't fumble forward or whatever? Yes. Well, it's only through the end zone. No, it's only on fourth down, and it's only inside two minutes that you can't fumble forward. So. That was the – wait, wait, what quarterback was that? Ken Stabler. Yeah, Stabler. That was the Stabler rule. That's right. Right. So, as Andrew is on vacay, we try to do this show. We're getting getting closer to Saints training camp. We get to June. We get to the dead period. So, now the fights on Twitter between Saints fans become – heated as we get desperate for Saints to start and I've been fighting with Saints fans for like two days the old Saints fans that believe in their hearts that the Superdome was always full 
before 2006 and before 1987. <laughs> they believe that it was all. They believe that it was always sold out. And it was always full. And and I, I said, That's hey, cute. I said, hey, maybe you know the Saint, the Pelicans, if they if they hit this out of the park with the Anthony Davis trade, they could build something like the Golden State Warriors, and maybe in five years they could overtake the Saints for a minute or a, a possible. And people got mad at me and said it would never happen and said the Saints have they've, they've always supported. And I said, look. In the 70s, the Saints' attendance in the Dome was kind of crappy and just kind of league, you know, it was kind of crappy, just kind of league average, and it was more than the Saints deserved because they were an abomination of a football team and the worst professional sports team in America. And people were like, no, no, that's not true. And now people are fucking tweeting. They weren't selling out in the 90s. Now people are tweeting statistics at me like the Saints from 75 to 87 were slightly above the league average. And for you to say that fans didn't support the team, that's just wrong. I'm like, I didn't say that. I said that they didn't fucking sell at the Dome consecutive times until 1987. And the Dome was like 60, you know, it was mostly 45 to 50,000 angry fucking people. You know, and that's more than the Saints deserved in the 70s, but that's what they got. And I just every like, every home game as a kid, that shit was blacked out. Yeah, well, I'm just like, saying, like, if you wanted to watch the Saints, you had to go to the game when I was a kid because you couldn't watch it on TV because it wasn't sold out. And that shit was blacked out in New Orleans. But here, here's here's the bigger point, Dave. Why do people in general in their lives or especially in sports, why when their teams are bad, like way back when, why do they have to wax fucking nostalgia, nostalgic about it as like their support was diehard and it was wonderful and the stadium was so Why can't they just say, you know what, the Saints were fucking garbage and nobody really went that much. We loved the team, but we didn't pay money for it. And when they got good, we started to go and we started to love them more. Like, why do sports fans, why can't they admit that? Like, why do they have It's to- because they're not familiar with the J.J. McCluskey era. <laughs> Dave, how pu- Andrew was pumped about J.J. McCluskey being on the Tulane staff. Yeah, I, I've, if I had known that it would be such a big deal to you, I would have told you earlier. <laughs> and, I mean, and his son now. J.J. McCleskey, if if the Saints had, like, Andrew, like a wing in the Hall of Fame of, like, lovable special teams players, I think J.J. McCleskey would qualify, right? Yeah, he's, like, below Benny Thompson and Steve Gleason, but maybe above Chris Reese. Yeah. Like, and, he, and, he, and he wouldn't reach, like, the, the returner level. Like, like you, he's not as popular as, like, Beer Man or Tyrone Hughes. No, or, he's a gunner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Benny Thompson's a good one. Yeah. Benny Thompson was God back so, in the day. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to give you the floor. Um, you were going at people because people were losing their fucking minds over the Saints signing Richard Matthews because he caught four passes in shorts last week. And the Saints signed him. And Saints Twitter was losing their fucking minds about how he's going to catch 50 balls. He's David Patton 2.0. And you came into Twitter and just shit all over everybody. So. <laughs> well, that's great that everyone that, – that's cute, you know, that he looked good in shorts and that he made the roster over Trayvon Durall, who, by the way, was – on IR the last two years and never played a game. So that, that's <laughs> great he, that he made the roster. Was he even roster. active for the Saints? No, no, absolutely not. But that's great that he made the roster over Dural, but the reality was this, is was this the video? Was this the video where he meets the one-handed catch on the sideline? Nope, not even that. Oh. Who was nope. that? That was a young guy that the Saints got. That was right. Emmanuel Butler. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, in in my experience, and you know, some guys revive their careers, and and everyone loves to point out David Patton, right? They go right into the goodie bag, and they go right to the one guy, <laughs> the one time that it worked out. It's like the Marcus Colston seventh round pick syndrome, right? It's like they every don't mention seventh, Steve Breston, every right? Every seventh round pick, it's like it could be Marcus Colston, and it forgets every seventh round. Since Colston, which has been awful, right? Nobody ever so says Nicky, like ne- that. Nobody like, ever no. says he's the next Nicky Savoy. Yeah, I never hear anything about <laughs> Steve Breston, Hakeem Nicks, or 
uh, Ma- uh, Malcolm Floyd or Michael Floyd oh, I last him. year. I mean, who, I mean, yeah, you could go up and down. Like, there's so many veteran receivers. Des Bryant, Brandon Marshall. I mean, there's all these guys. And, but no, 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 no. Richard Matthews, despite the fact that he had five catches last year in nine games, is the savior of the Saints receiving core. Clearly, he's going to the Pro Bowl. He's scoring 10 touchdowns this year. Uh, everyone else that besides in the hall of in the in the hall of that dude stole money from the Saints in the, that in, in the that dude stole money from the Saints well, Albert, Albert Connell yeah. Albert Connell Albert Connell's on the Mount Rushmore he might be because all four he, because he actually did steal money from actual <laughs> teammates so yeah. but short of Albert Connell Brandon Marshall. He's pretty high up there. He stole fucking money from the Saints last year. Like, why did they pay him for a month? Any thoughts? Anyone? I think Dave should speak. Dave? <laughs> why did they pay, what, Brandon Marshall for a yeah. month? I just, I think that they were, he was just a safety insurance policy. Just in case anything went wrong. Yeah, well, if he played safety, that probably would have been better. <laughs> so, uh, now that we've, we're through minicamp, I, I, we need, Dave, we've done a lot of things on this podcast that I'm not proud of. Horrible audio, um, <laughs> bad interviews, Drew McGarry. The time, the time you killed a hobo. The time I killed a hobo, the time Kevin literally buried a hobo on while we were doing the show. There's too much to name. But last week, I got to say, it might be one of our most embarrassing moments. Kevin dropped a glorious 28-3 to Falcons reference when he was explaining how many grams or an ounce of cocaine it's 28.3 something 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 and we all just missed it 3.5 grams but oh sorry yeah yeah right 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 so i mean do you feel do you feel as bad as me that you missed the 28 to 3 joke because i feel bad i wasn't on the podcast last week had i what been do you on feel the bad for us is what i'm saying i mean like does it rate think, in the i well i think i I think you guys are an abomination to podcasting, an abomination <laughs> to Saints fans everywhere. I think you should give it up uh, and uh, kill yourself. <laughs> uh, Dave, bring in the thunder. So when I listened to the podcast in my car afterwards, because again, I wasn't on the podcast. When I, I got it immediately. I got you did? Is that true? Well, for, I mean, first I have to correct him. I mean, twenty-eight. It's twenty-eight grams or in a okay. ounce or whatever. More it's mistakes. not twenty-three. So he he took a little he took a little mathematical liberty, if you will, uh, <laughs> but totally worth it uh, to take a shot at the Falcons. Yeah. So. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But that was that was like a whole discussion the next day. People were just banging on us. But you know. As we sort of we sort of wrap up, and we and we get to uh, training camp, we get this. You know, we make jokes about the Saints, Andrew, that the Saints are going, that they're that they're you know everybody's saying Rashad Matthews is going to be great and this and that, but like the Saints wide receiver core is is something not good happening to Michael Thomas, away from being. The worst in the NFL, possibly. Yeah, it's true. And, and that, and and the Rashard Matthews signing is like a reminder of it, you know. Uh, so just don't tell give... me. Just don't tell me we don't know. That that's the thing on Twitter that kills me. The the, the we don't know guys, because it's like, you know, man, we don't know that. It, that a meteor isn't hitting earth tomorrow. We don't know that Aaron Brooks isn't going to be in some time capsule that allows him to recover and come back to be the quarterback of the saints. Like we don't know guy is the most annoying guy on Twitter period. Like (laughs) of course we're all taking a leap of faith here. Of course we're all making assumptions and giving hot takes 
making a leap of faith and, and saying that we know something when really we don't know for sure. That's, that's, that's a given that's implied. So that's point number one. That's really annoying. But I picked the wrong week. Quit sniffing blue. <laughs> I didn't know what that sound like. Yeah, it's so good. But, but I mean, uh, you know, you're right. And I, I was fighting with, with, with Laker, Laker fans of the, Laker fans of the fucking worst, by the way, even worse than Falcon fans. They, they were trying to explain to me that the Pelicans would have got a better deal if they'd have taken the Anthony Davis deal in the summer. And I was trying to explain to them that, no. But, but Dave, if you, but seriously though, we don't, we don't know if the Saints <laughs> are going to draft Arch Manning out of Newman before his junior year in high school. I guess we should shut the podcast down. I guess, I mean, why, why even keep going since we, we don't, don't know? know if the Saints could move to the Bahamas. We don't know if, when you know, we don't know, you know, if, if Martians will be, we don't know if Drew Brees will be able to clone himself. We don't know if, you know, whatever the fuck. Uh, so, but Dave, I look at this receiver core and I like some of the guys they have and I think, they're interesting, but man, the more I think about it, and me and me and Andrew have been going back and forth on like the list of like the most valuable Saints, and we'll get to that topic in a minute of like most irreplaceable. Well, here, hold on, well, let me say this. Here's my barometer: if Austin Carr, like for some reason, Sean Payton is enamored with that dude, he thinks he's <laughs> he, he thinks he's the love child of. Willie Sneed and Lance Moore, if they made it, yeah, and Andy Tanner, if they all, if they all created a baby together and somehow made it faster and with better hands, that's Austin. And somehow that is yet to translate on the field whatsoever. And so for me, the barometer is, does Austin Carr make the team? Because if he does, then it's like, oh shit, the receivers suck again. But if he doesn't, if he gets cut, so you talk about Richard Matthews and you talk about these other guys that are on the team, and if they beat out Carr for a roster spot, then all of a sudden I'm thinking, eh, Carr got Maybe. cut. It might not be that bad. Yeah, what was the year Daryl Tapp got cut? And you were like, yes, they cut Daryl Tapp. And <laughs> yeah, because Daryl Tapp was like not great, but not that bad, right? So yeah. when Daryl Tapp gets cut, you're like, all right, they got guys better than Daryl yeah, Tapp. Yeah, but Daryl Tapp compared to Austin Carr was Reggie fucking White. I mean, Daryl Tapp had started in the league, had played for multiple teams. I mean, Austin Carr is a thing that only dog Sean shit. Payton sees. Go ahead. Him. Just say dog shit. Just say that. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, only he's only Sean Payton sees the beauty in Austin Carr. No one else. Dog but, shit. I mean – it gets to the it gets to this thing that I wanted to talk you know, about. Tonight. You know, you know what's so pathetic about Austin Carr? I just Googled him. The first <laughs> hit that you get is some basketball player from nineteen forty eight. He's so <laughs> irrelevant and non noteworthy that some basketball player that was that is seventy one years of age is a more famous Austin Carr than him. <laughs> I know that guy. He's the he's the uh, color he's the Colin color commentator for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You almost said Colin Kaepernick. I know. I you almost did. almost did. <laughs> that's what I that's what I get for drinking cheap uh, imitation Blue Moon from um, Aldi. You almost uh, said colon cancer. <laughs> you almost said colon Kaepernick. But Dave, this I gets. Hope Austin- I hope Austin Carr listens to this podcast. I hope he is so pissed right now, and I wait, hope he catches a hundred balls to show us this. Wait, the guy from Cleveland? Or just rage tweet Saints Happy Hour podcast uh, on the Twitters, which find us. Go to YouTube, Saint, search Saints Happy Hour. Go to Facebook. Go to Twitter. Find us. And by the way, when we get to five hundred subscribers, we're giving you a T-shirt. We're gonna when we get to five hundred subscribers. The next week, we're going to pick somebody in the chat room that, that that's listening to us live, and Dave is going to ship them a T-shirt. So find us on the YouTubes and subscribe, and then join us live, like the people tonight. But, Dave, this gets I mean, to – Austin Carr must have more on Sean Payton than Joe Vitt did, right? I mean, he's got to have naked pictures, all of it, right? I, I mean, 
Austin Carr, Dave, isn't he like Andy Tanner 2.0? Because Andy Tanner hung around and hung around but never actually did anything in games. Austin Carr has a touchdown catch, you know? Two. Two. Right? Yeah, so, dude. Austin Carr is, is Austin Carr's about to break out, yo. <laughs> but this you gets you don't, to... you don't believe that, do you? Uh, no, I don't, because you know why? Because Lil Jordan Humphrey is his, <laughs> his breakout player. <laughs> I don't sleep on little. I need little Jordan Humphrey to break out because just in training camp, um, so that we can do the crying Jordan meme when he gets cut. That's all I want. Or when he drops a pass, like I need him to be more than a camp body. I need him to do something. But this. Gets- oh my god! Oh my god! Tom Stewart just said you should get Carr to play a soundbite on the piano for the podcast. I forgot that he's a, he's a insanely player. good piano player. Yeah, like that, a classical. Yes. Yeah. Tom Stewart, great call. We definitely need that to happen. Um, he... I, have a, I have a feeling after this podcast, he will definitely not be doing that for us. <laughs> no, seriously. If, if we're talking about receivers, I mean, I think the whole dynamic changes if Cam Meredith, you know, actually gets healthy, stays healthy, learns the playbook – and becomes the receiver that the Saints. What initially... percentage chance do you give Cam Meredith of having a healthy knee this year? Fifty-fifty. Fifty-fifty? That oh, much? I, I yes, think that much. Oh, oh, oh I give oh, it. It's... I give it seventeen at best. Oh, I, I think, I think one out of twenty-five percent, maybe. But, but this <laughs> one gets... out of twenty-five. <laughs> one out of. So what percentage is that? One out of twenty-five percent. That's like three percent. One percent. Three percent, two percent. Like his knee, the chances of his knee getting healthy and him contributing to the Saints is the same odds that when I do the my bookie ad later in this podcast, I won't fuck it up completely. Like it could happen, and it happens occasionally, but probably not. So, so here's the thing: as we talk about receiver, this is a good lead into the topic that I wanted to talk about tonight: the Saints most irreplaceable player. And I'm going to go with uh, a name that I think Dave and Andrew, you guys are going to fight me on, but I don't care. I'm going to say the Saints' most irreplaceable player is Taysom Hill. And it's not because he's the best, (laughs) clearly. But here's the thing. like If Cam Jordan got hurt, the Saints would still have a defensive end. And they would play him and he would not be nearly as good, but they would still have him. Taysom Hill, if he gets injured, the fake punts are gone. The coverage on the kickoff is gone. The trick plays are gone. Like, they, they don't have anybody to do that. Like, that's yeah, why he's the most – worse on third and one, that's for sure. Well, no, like, like I'm not saying – and even if you told me, like, if you had to have Taysom Hill get injured or Cam Jordan, like, I would still pick Taysom Hill to get injured if you put a gun to my head. But as far as, like, irreplaceability – He's number one because if he's gone, like, all that fun stuff they do on special teams on offense, it's gone. Like, there's nobody else to do it. Like, if Breeze gets hurt, they'll play Bridgewater. If Cam Jordan gets hurt, they'll play Hendrickson or Davenport or whoever. But Tyson Hill, like, his unique thing, like, he they, – they can't replace that. And if you think I'm wrong, fight me. Prove me wrong. Well, I wouldn't want to fight you because that would be That'd a waste of time. Mean. You just beat yeah. me up. But uh, I don't see how you can't say Alvin Kamara. I mean, Taysom Hill's cute and all, both literally and figuratively. Um, but and it's, the gadget stuff's great. But like, you lose Alvin Kamara, you lose Marshawn Lattimore, you lo- lose Cameron Jordan, and the Saints go from a Super Bowl contender to a team that is. But isn't that? Scrapping to make the playoffs, but doesn't got that get more into value than replaceability, or is it the same? Or is it the same thing? You think there is no one on this roster that can remotely come close to giving the Saints twelve sacks, which Cam Jordan does. There is no one on this team that can remotely come close to shutting down half the field, which Lattimore does. There is no one on this team that can come remotely close to making plays on a consistent basis out of the backfield and force a defense to game plan like Alvin Kamara, all three of those guys are irreplaceable, period. Dave, 
So you agree with, with Andrew that my Taysom Hill is the most irreplaceable person on the roster. You, you agree that that's insane. I love Lamp. <laughs> I um, will say... No, no. Go, no, go no. ahead, Dave. Um, uh, I, I, I kind of just feel like this is the same question that you asked last... I don't, I don't remember what question you asked last week, but I feel like... In general, it's the same question. You know, replaceability is the same as most valuable, is the same as most important, or whatever you want to phrase it. So, you know, I'll stick with what I said last week. I think Drew Brees is the most irreplaceable. I thought you said you weren't on the podcast last week. Yeah, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Two weeks ago. Oh! You got me, guys. Oh, you got me. I cut you deep. So, but but here's I, here's the speaking of being cut deep. I uh, was on Twitter today. I was just like scrolling down, and I saw Nick Underhill post his 53 man roster projection, and I was like, "Oh, sweet! I'm gonna get a early Underhill projection." And so I click on it, and I realized that he's a Patriots reporter all over again, and I, I had forgotten that for a split second, and got all depressed again. And then I scroll down. I'm like, yeah, I'll look at the Patriots and see. And and I, I see that. Is today the worst day of your life? Yeah. And first, I see that. First of all, you see that Edling. they have 12, 12 picks in the 2020 draft. Yes, which I was very jealous about. <laughs> but then I see Nick Brissett of LSU is cut. And I see that Dan Danny Etling of LSU is cut. So not only do I have to read a Patriots article, but then I see all these LSU players getting axed. It was it was a dark times. Dark. Underhill, Aunt man, it it didn't hit me today. But now that you mentioned it, like I just think with the whole thing with the paper, the Times pick and the Advocate and 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 Underhill even like I think Saints coverage is gonna suck balls this year. Like, well, clearly, I, like the fifty three man roster thing was like a thing today for the Athletic because yeah. I saw I saw. Uh, Larry Holder then posted it for the Saints later in the day. So clearly that was like the athletics football re- reporters, like, hey, this is your assignment for the day. Post your 53-man roster predictions. And it was just – I mean, I've read Larry Holder's thing, and I like Larry, but, like, it was just the most safe – like, no undrafted rookies were picked. I mean, it was all just the veterans, and it was very much just like what you would expect to see from a 53-man roster. And it was just like, man, like I know Underhill, like he may not have been right, but he would have charted some absurd, ridiculous thing where you've been like, uh, th- this receiver caught 87% of his passes when he was running out of the slant route. You know, when he ran a slant route and Teddy Bridgewater was passing. But when Breeze was passing, it was only 47%. You know, I mean, he would have come up with some absurd stat that no one else was tracking, and at least it would have been more fun to read. <laughs> I I miss Nick Underhill. <laughs> uh, somebody said, "Why are you still following him? You got to unfollow I mean, him now." I I miss Nick, man. It's like it's like it's like falling an old flame on Facebook or something, you know. It's like it's gotta, like the same reason in. why. It's why I haven't uh, unfollowed um, Ramon Vargas. Like I love the dude, and he was a dude. great Saints reporter, and like. All his tweets are so depressing now. It's like 78 murders in uh, you the know, best, New Orleans. The best part about Ramon is no matter what he fucking does, no matter where he goes, the Saints are like the fucking – they're like Al Pacino they Godfather. They keep pulling me they're back They're pulling in. him back in, baby. He was doing Breeze's diamond trial. He's never getting away from the Saints no matter how hard he tries. It's just the best. But one thing I wanted to mention, Dave, you were gone last week. Something you you can't decide whether you were gone or not, but you were. You didn't get to comment. You, you didn't get to comment on Cam Jordan's surprise extension with the Saints. Surprise. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm happy we've got him locked up. Keep him happy. Uh, he, he's he's not a guy that I think. Uh, will you know take a season off or take two years off now that he's gotten paid uh so good for him and uh you know that still leaves michael thomas and camara coming up so and you you know uh me and andrew said 
I think this deal it's so it's so good for the Saints, but I get it. Like he got forty. What Andrew? What did he get? Forty five extra million, right? Uh, no, it was fifty fifty two. But I think it's like forty. It's like forty guaranteed, right? Yeah. So so my thing is, Dave. It's so such a good deal for the Saints. Like even if he declines, I could see him living out this contract because in three years, like. An eight sack guy might be worth the fifteen million that the Saints are paying him, you know. So like, uh, I was just along with Andrew. I was slightly surprised that he took such an advantageous deal uh, for the Saints, even though he's two years away from free agency. Like he could have waited and rolled the dice and hit it big, but he just took the money that was there. I guess that was offered. Um. Yeah. I mean, what? How much was guaranteed? I mean, it's all about 40, the guaranteed money. Forty-one you know, and a half, I think. I mean, what? Maybe he could have got a bigger contract. Maybe it could have been longer. Maybe it could have been more. But how much of that would have been guaranteed? I mean, uh, a bird in hand is worth uh, two in the bush, as they say. <laughs> bush. <laughs> it's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. I have no idea what that has to do with anything. <laughs> I have no idea why you just that's made that. That's the best part. Up. That's the best part. It's just, uh, it's just for, it's just for me, Andrew, and the people in the live stream chat. Are we gonna, are we gonna talk about the AD trade? I mean, well, I want to talk about the Sex AD trade. AD. I want to talk about. Okay. I wish Kevin was here because this why, trade. You know so much about basketball. No, just because the Pelicans have control of every Lakers first-round pick until 2025, and they basically get to decide which three they want, which is, I mean... This is like, this is like payback for Mike Ditka giving away all the Saints back. <laughs> this, is, this is the, this is, it's come full circle now. I mean, but here's the thing, like, the, the Pelicans, the funny thing is, they could draft LeBron James's kid in 2025 with one of the Lakers picks. Like that's how fucking far out these picks go. You know? Um but here's my qu- right? Here's here's my question for both of you. You know, because the Lakers are are like, "Hey, we're going to win a title." And if I had said to you that the Saints, let's just say Tracy Porter was really, really good, but he wasn't on the Saints roster. And the Saints traded for him in 2009, but they gave up a fucking 2017 or 2016 first round pick for Tracy Porter. And it got to 2016 and they won the title, but they haven't won another one. And you're giving up the first round pick, and it's kind of high. Maybe it's in the top six or seven. Would you be mad about it, Andrew? Uh, I wouldn't be mad about. I don't know. I gotta think about this. Because that's what the Lake. That's potentially what the Lakers could have. They are the favorite now to win the title because of all the injuries to Golden State, and they may win a title the next two years. But that pick in 2025, like, they could suck. And LeBron might be retired and AD might be all alone or injured or whatever. Because that's a long time from now. Like, would it be worth it, like, if, if, if the Pelicans get another top four pick because of this trade, is it wor- is that worth one title? Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because, I mean... Th- but it, you got to understand, like you're not keeping Anthony Davis. Like that's not, that's not an option. He's leaving. Yeah. So it, it's all about the return on the player. Like I mean, even if the even if the Pelicans fail and Zion is injured for five years in a row and it, he doesn't work out and he's a Greg Oden type bust and the Pelicans never really pan out with Zion. Like, I, I don't know that I would change anything because it's not like keeping Davis was an option. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know. No, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking more from the Lakers angle. And I guess, Dave, my question is, what in future assets would, would, you, would you be willing to give up for the Saints 
to win oh, in 2019? Like, how many first-round okay, picks you. would you give up to to win a title now? A, guaran- a guaranteed title? A, guaran- a guaranteed – if I said to you, <clears throat> the Saints can win the Super Bowl, but the 22, 24, and 26 first-round picks are gone. Okay. I would do it. I mean, you got to go all in, right? Yeah, I would do you gotta it. You got to live like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I, I said a few weeks ago when we were I talking about something else. I got to live like dying. I mean, <laughs> you know, I really, I really want Breeze and I really want this group of guys to get a title. I, I, I feel like they were screwed last season. Like, it's already fucked up enough that Mark Ingram's not going to get a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I, I know, I know. Yeah, that's, that's, like Saints I Recline just just said in the chat, it's YOLO, baby, Man. YOLO. What I mean, that's, that's steep though. Like three first round picks, and the further you get out, you may be Whatever. trash, Didn't, and that I mean that may be a chance to draft a transcendent quarterback. Now, I, now I, I will like say this: gone two years recently without a first round pick, so yeah. I feel like now I will I will say this: this is coming from the mouth of people that you know from of fans of a team that have tasted success, that have won a Super Bowl in 2009, and, you know, are in the mix to, you know, one bad call away from being in the Super Bowl last year. So, like, in the mix to win a title, when you're a Pelicans fan and you have not sniffed that your entire life as a fan, the accumulation of picks, and now now I'm like, the shoe's on the other foot. I'm The the equivalent of that would be the Browns, right? The accumulation of picks... That's all you have to hope for, right? And so, like that—that's what gets you excited—is the assets and the and the the youth and the promise and the potential. That's that's what the Pelicans have right now, and really, they're just the Cleveland Browns hoping they land a Baker Makefield, right? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Another point about the AD trade that me and Andrew talked about, and I want to get Dave's thought, because I think it does tie in well for Dave, uh, because he's a Tulane guy. Dave, I think I can make the argument that this fall is the most anticipated fall for Louisiana sports in my lifetime. You have the Saints coming off getting screwed in the NFC Championship. We know that we think they're still going to be good. You got LSU football. They're going to be top 10. They're going to open with Texas. They got to they finally have a good returning quarterback. Uh, so they're going to be really good. The Pelicans have Zion, a boatload of assets. They're probably going to do more stuff for the draft this week and free agency. People are going to be pumped about the Pelicans. They've sold more tickets than they ever have post Anthony, right when they got Anthony Davis. And Tulane is coming off a bowl win. I mean, I can't think of a more exciting fall that I've looked forward to in the last decade. When you combine every, when you combine all the That's the greatest. That is the greatest sound clip ever. We got Zion. Well, hey, you're you're forgetting about the New Orleans Jesters season that is also oh, coming. Yeah, yeah. And uh, don't sleep on the Nola Gold rugby team either, uh, who are supposed to have uh, a championship caliber season coming up. Uh, no, but uh, no, I think I think for all the reasons you mentioned, uh, that's 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 a legit that's a legit hot that's a hot take, if you will. And I don't even think it's that hot. I mean, Andrew, can you think of a more anticipated year? Maybe 2011 was really anticipated. It was we were really pumped about the Saints because they and got Sproles and and LSU. They were really highly ranked, but Tulane wasn't that good, and the the Hornets were not good. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The Pelicans are going to be fun, but I don't know that ex- – I mean, it is exciting. Um, but it's going to – I don't know that the Pelicans are expected to make the playoffs. I mean, we'll see what they do with that fourth overall pick, if they get a player for it. I mean, they, there are ways they could go in free agency and without a pick and try to – get more competitive with their roster this year. Um, or they could say, no, we're going to go really young and develop and not really be a threat to make the playoffs. So 
it's still to be seen how successful in terms of wins the Pelicans will be. But um, no, I mean, with LSU and the Saints, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, I don't think LSU beats Alabama, but I don't think it's out of the question that the Saints are in the Super Bowl and LSU is in the national championship series, you know, like the, the top four teams. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, look, I don't, I'm not saying I know how it's going to go, right? Um, but we don't know. Saying, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. But I'm just, I, the, the anticipation for me, Dave, as I get older, like that's like 60% of the fun in sports, like the reading, the, the consuming all the fun stuff, like being excited. Yeah, but I mean, like Tulane could go undefeated. We don't know. We don't know how it's gonna, be, but like it's fun and 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 I and look, I think I think I think I'm gonna make a prediction right now. The Saints are winning ten games. LSU's making the fucking playoffs. The Pels are gonna be the eight seed and face the Lakers. And Tulane's winning nine games. How about that, well, Juju? I do know what's fucking happening. How about J- that? JJ JJ McCluskey is on the coaching staff. That's got to be worth one win. <laughs> Dave. How's Tulane going to be? How excited are you? Uh, I, uh, hey, nine wins. I cannot count. I, I, can I sign up for that? That would be, that would be awesome. Do you have a formula, like a spreadsheet somewhere that you calculate no. money you make to no. Tulane victories? Like because <laughs> no. we know you no. wanted Tulane to win three national t- three titles out of the five that you got in your <laughs> in our hypothetical. You get you five titles the rest of your life. You did it so you could just take treasure baths. But do you have like a spreadsheet where you're like, if Tulane wins eight games, I get to buy a Maserati. If they win seven, <laughs> we get to go to Disney and stay at the really posh Polynesian hotel. If they go I, six I, and six. We do a staycation. <laughs> I do not have uh, I do not have a spreadsheet, and uh, even if they went undefeated, I'm not sure I would be able to make enough money. I don't know if Tulane's a big enough school I can make enough money to uh, do any of those things. Certainly not a Maserati. Um, poor what am I thinking? Dave. <laughs> I think um, I think the over under was at like five and a half or something like that. I think that's low. I would take that in a second. Um, you know, nine would be great, but I, I would, I think, uh, I think eight for sure. I think they could, I think they could definitely get eight wins. All right. So yeah, that, that ain't happening. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, book mar, mar, time stamp this mark this right now. Mark it down. I'm saying eight wins. Uh, Juge says not happening. Three. three. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys, who's in the live chat? Somebody, somebody said a Google reminder. Bro, somebody said a Google reminder for December fifteenth. Set a reminder for how many wins does Tulane have? I was on a roll betting with. I think this was last year, two years ago. You remember this, Ralph? I was on a roll betting for Tulane where I had it like dialed in perfectly. Where at the beginning of the year. The odds makers were like, oh, Tulane's going to be good this year. This year's going to be different. And I remember just being like, yeah, freaking right. It's Tulane. And so I bet against them like the first three weeks of the season, and they got crushed. And then Vegas was like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's it's Tulane. They're terrible. And so they played some terrible school, and it, it went way the other way. And so then I bet Tulane, and it flipped, and they won like two or three games in a row because Vegas was so hard on them. And so, like, it kept flipping back and forth, and I felt like I was always on the right side of it. I had a magical year betting for and against Tulane. Tulane, when they had Bob Toledo, was magical gambling for me. It was almost as good as three three and four years ago where I would bet against the Kansas football team regardless of the fucking line. Like, I was betting Oklahoma minus 50-plus. It I didn't care, and, and it, and I was winning money left and right. Like it yeah. did. It didn't. Like Kansas was just fucking atrocious. I bet. I bet. There I bet against no Kansas. Big enough. Yeah. When they played North Dakota State, who was like the best Division Two team, I bet North Dakota State. I bet North Dakota State was like plus one. I like took that all day long. But, uh, but that was when I was a ge- degenerate gambler. Now I have kids and bills and daycare and schooling and lessons and shit. I don't have the, the extra money. But if you people would donate and become a $7 a month patron, 
I could have more money to reckless gambling. And oh, by the way, if we get to $1,000 a month in support, me and Andrew will do a live stream every fucking Friday where we preview the Saints and give you bad gambling advice. So do it. So our final question, because we didn't have any questions for the Twitters. Saints, the final... Saints, recline, Saints recline, by the way, is calling it LSU Bama upset. Ugh, I'm tired. I can't. I can't do that anymore. I, I need my son to see that sooner <laughs> than later. That would be nice. Here's our ridiculous question of the week, Dave. And we we, we were gonna do it last week, but we didn't get to it because things happened. Uh, mostly us talking about cocaine. But the question <laughs> is, if you had to eat the same meal every day. Anytime you ate for a week, what would be the meal you would choose? Oh, great. Thanks for asking me. So you, you did this question? The rest of you did this question? No, we did not. Week? We didn't oh, get to it. you saved it for me. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, I feel like this was the – Kevin would have been best for this question. Yeah, yeah. We, we miss you, Kevin, here in spirit. Um, so, okay, so let me ask you this. So, like – if it if I say like hamburger, can it be like hamburgers from like different places, or does it have to be the no. same hamburger? The same hamburger, like you can't this go from the same. Like if it's yeah. a Big Mac, it's got to be a Big Mac the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. What if I what if I choose a specific pizza place? Does it have to be the same type of pizza every time, or can I change up the different types of pizza? No. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, but you can't change. You can't go from like thin to deep dish to regular. You got No, that's bullshit because then I can go to Olive Garden and eat like seven different entrees. Okay. So, no, no. It's got to be the same pizza every time. Andrew, you couldn't do that because you would have already filled up on unlimited (laughs) stupid breadsticks. (laughs) Um,. So, all right. But I w- at least I would have been with my family. Well, I thought. <laughs> well, when you're there, your family. Um, I thought about this. You know, like Asian food. Like I'm, I usually never get sick and tired of Asian food, which is weird. But even now, I, I, I've got to mix it up. Like Vietnamese, Chinese, Japanese, Korean. We're on the same page there. Whatever. So, um, really, I, you know, I. I and then I was thinking, like, ham, you know, I, I, I usually I never get sick of hamburgers. I could eat a hamburger almost every day and not get sick of it. But if I had to eat the same hamburger, I'd probably get sick of that. Uh, so I, I think I would go with um, I think I'd go with grandma pizza from my favorite pizzeria on Long Island, Umberto's. Uh, I think I could do that. Uh, pizza's got got good staying power. Um and, you know, I worked there for summers and, you know, I would eat that stuff every day for three months and I still never got sick of it. So I'm going to I'm going to go with pizza from Umberto's grandma, grandma pizza. Andrew, if I just pick like something to just sustain myself from a health standpoint. So like it's purely this is purely not like a taste play. It's purely a body health, health reasons. Yeah. Like if I were to pick just like a salad, am I allowed to pick beer that I can drink every day? Yeah, you could. Because I, I, I would rather go that route. Like to me, like no meal is so special that I would want to eat it every day. So like I would rather just eat something really healthy and then poison myself with alcohol. <laughs> but if you had to do a meal, if you if you had to do a meal. Well, I love sushi, but I just feel like raw fish like every day for a week. I don't know, man. Like I love sushi and I feel like sushi seven days a week would be a lot. So, I mean, I love my wife makes my wife wife. makes awesome shrimp creole. So I would probably either go with that or her red beans and rice. Those are probably my favorite things that she makes. So. I'd probably go with that shrimp creole every day or red beans and rice every day. If I could, I could eat pot. If I wanted to be 
like sort of healthy-ish and not terrible. I could eat pot belly, the turkey sandwich, every day, like <laughs> three meals a day, like no pro- like no problem. I could do that, or I could do their buffalo chicken sandwich. Like I could do that a week, no problem. Wait, what but is pot belly? What is pot it's belly? It's a it's a sandwich place. It's like a t- it's like a tier. It's like a tier above Subway. It's you better know? than Jimmy John's. It's like Panera or something. Yeah, yeah I would like, say yeah. it's like a, I would say it's like a tier lower than Panera. But definitely it's better, better than, than Jimmy John's. Better than Jimmy John's and better than Mike's. But but that's kind of lame. It, go, and it goes through the uh, it goes through the oven thing. So have you ever had Quiznos before it we went under, Dave? Quiznos yeah. was my jam, it's, man. It's like a plus version of Quiznos. No, Quiznos is better than popular. Quiznos was the shit, man. The I used Quiznos to eat, was terrible. I used to eat Quiznos when I worked at WWL, and I would go through the New Orleans Center. I would get Quiznos and a sixty-four ounce drink, dude, and that was my meal every day. Hot is way better day. than Quiznos, dude. But, in my opinion. But I can't go Quiznos. I gotta go. I I, I thought about New Orleans. I gotta go. I am going Bud's Broiler number four, which is a hamburger, cheddar cheese, and hickory sauce. I'm going that, fries, and a Coke, three times a day for seven days. And I mean, I, lo- I love Acme Oyster House. Like I know that's like a generic token seafood place, but like I could I could go to Acme seven days a week for sure. Yeah. So, all right, we got a couple questions in the chat, but before we get to that, we got I got to tell you guys about. <laughs> oh yeah, there's Gant- my answer: oysters. Oysters, oh, oysters. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we got to before we get to the questions, got to talk about uh, mybookie.com. Go there, use the code Happy Twenty Five, and you get fifty uh, percent bump in your sign up. Uh, they have the best prop bets, in-game betting. Go to mybookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot uh, C-A, mybookie. Do it. Again, use the code HAPPY25. They have in-game betting, props. Uh, you can bet on the NBA draft if you want to do that Thursday. Get a little nuts while you're watching see what the Pelicans are going to do. So go to mybookie. Terms and conditions apply. Uh all right, Andrew. Uh, let's see. Let's see what people in the, in the chat room said. Uh, the defense, defensive line. Have you changed your opinion about uh, your concern with Sheldon Rankins being out? No. No. Tyler Stallworth looking good in minicamp didn't change your mind. No. <laughs> nope. Dave one Dave more receptions uh Kirkwood Carr or Meredith Hmm mm. that kind of goes along with what we were talking about before yeah. Um you know if if Mer- again 50-50 if Meredith is healthy he could be your number 3 guy uh if he's not he's probably Wait who's your number 2 Again, I, I put Ken okay. in there. Uh, if yeah. he's not, uh, then he's probably not going to do much at all. So uh, I, I would go with Kirkwood, to be honest with you. I mean, he really kind of emerged late in the season uh, for the Saints. Seems like he was, uh, you know, Peyton's favorite and, and certainly trusted by Drew. So I, I would go with Kirkwood. I, I agree. I think that's yeah. my pick. And, and, you know, people are asking for training camp sleepers and that sort of thing. We're not going to get into that, but we are going to announce the thing that we're going to do for training camp. It's an idea that I came up with, and Andrew thought it was uh, ridiculous and insane, but I think he liked it because he laughed really, really hard when I told him. So what we're going to do, Dave, and this is the first time you're hearing it, instead of picking like a sleeper, we're going to adopt. We're each going to adopt a Saints, like UDFA or a guy who's on John. the bubble. I call, I call Lil John. I call, Lil John. Uh, and yeah. that's Lil your Jordan. adopted? I it's call your Lil do- Jordan. You got to say Lil- his name right if you're going to pick him. Lil, Lil Jordan Humphrey. So that's about- your tra- I, I would that's never you. dare take that from you, Dave. He's about to be <laughs> so, Lil, so Lil Dave Jordan. I don't know who I'm going <laughs> to... I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to adopt yet, but it's going to be uh, we're going to call it our training camp children and we are going to adopt them and we are going to support them 
and uh, like you can, we'll give them encouragement. We'll make fun of each other. We'll make fun of them. We'll be like parents that are disappointed when little league when our kid goes one for four and strikes out three times and wanders in the outfield. So that's going to be our thing. We're going to adopt a saint for training camp. And, and Dave has already picked his. Apparently, little Jordan is his guy. I haven't done enough research yet. Uh, uh, I got to pick a guy. I don't know. They they st- yeah, they're for, still for, for you listeners that don't know. I mean, we assume that all listeners know. There is a UDFA on the Saints, a receiver, and his name is Little Jordan Humphrey. His first name is L I L apostrophe Jordan. Lil Jordan. Lil Jordan. Is good. Ozigbo. That might be mine, just because I could butcher his name over and over again. Divine Ozigbo. I think I'll go Carl Granderson then. Oh, dude, you're gonna go the criminal. Yeah, I'm going criminal. <laughs> See that could that could totally fall apart for you, Andrew. He could look yeah. awesome, and then he could go to trial and get convicted, and you could be SOL. That could be I'm fun. Here for, I'm here for that. <laughs> so you might have you might have to pay his bail. <laughs> Talk about disappointment. Yeah, he likes so, your bail, dude. So I, I think. Uh, I think I've we said we were going to do it for next week, but I think it's official. Dave's got little hump, little Jordan. Andrew's got uh, Lil, 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 Lil Humphrey Jordan works too. That that works too, Ralph. Lil Humphrey Jordan. Lil Andrew's Humphrey. got Granderson, and I've got uh, a Zigbo. I like it. I like it. So, um, and I guess cute. we'll have to come up with like if one whoever gets whoever's uh, training camp son gets cut first, that person has to do something terrible or or. Yes. Uh, or some sort of I weird am thing. all about that. Yes. So people should 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 maybe yeah, send uh, suggestions. Yes. Open to suggestions. I'll check the chat room or, or suggest it to us on Twitter. Suggest what the first person uh, <laughs> cut should Saints have to Rico do. Goes, Can the chat graphic next week be your adoption papers? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Saints recline. Yes, it can. I know who you are. That is so good. If you didn't have a koozie already, I would send you one, but I know you do. And by the way, everybody, reminder before we get out of here. Um, My wife. Shipped out all the koozies uh, and all the magnets to people that are owed. If you don't get them in the next week or so, DM me on Patreon and we'll make sure that you get your koozie or your magnet that you are so owed. Uh, thanks to everybody supporting. Thanks for the people that are that are sending the pictures on the twitters of the t-shirts and the, like they're 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 in their recliner wearing the t-shirt and drinking the beer using the koozie. That's really cool. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, so I guess I guess guys that wrap that wraps it up. Uh, Dave, are you pretty confident that your adopted son, Little Jordan, is gonna is gonna make the roster? Oh, he's uh, he's a lock. He's a lock. <laughs> did, did Holder not have him on his 53-man roster? He did not. Well, I've got a few bones to pick with Holder then. All right. So that wraps it up again. So for Dave, for, An- for Andrew, for Kevin, who is AMIA, I'm Ralph. Until next week, the bar is closed. You know who's not my adopted son? Richard Matthews. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. 
With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.